Dr. David Joyce, Josie. Hey, everybody. Come on in and join. This is Dr. Uh, David Josie Jr. Um, he has a bachelor's from, you know, I have to wear this right here. <laughs> I got to represent. Oh, see, we went to Oakwood College together. Um, and um, he's a physician. Uh, uh, he got his MD from the University of Medicine and Dentistry in New Jersey. Um, then he went to the University of Arkansas and got his residency in pediatrics. And he is a board-certified physician working in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, how did you get there? Well, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, we'll talk about what you do a little um, a little later. But my first question to you is, when did you fall in love with your discipline? Wow, um, that's a good question. I, I'd say probably from a, from a young age. Um, I think at, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a pediatrician. Wow. Um, at, um, a pediatrician that I worked for, who I used to see at home, that Dr. Gordon. And, you know, he was great. I loved the way he worked my sister and I. And so I just always said, you know, I want to be a pediatrician. So that's as far as I can remember. I, David, I think every kid wants to be a pediatrician. I think that's like whenever, because I think it's our first professional experience with somebody um, that is a lot of the times very gentle. And um, But you're one of the few people who actually say, I want to be a pediatrician and then actually become a pediatrician. And I, and um, I just want to say how proud I am of this guy. I went to Oakwood with him, and he's just not your typical pre-med student. So I'm just going to be real. Like, <laughs> we're, we're from the Northeast. Look at him. Look at his office. Those are Jordans in the back of him. <laughs> that's a tough one. I mean, that's a tough way to work. You know, and what I love about David, what I love about him is that you know David I feel like you didn't have to not be you you stayed you you're still you and you succeeded being uh being Mr. David Josie um and don't get it twisted I remember when I would study I remember I go into the library David I remember this about you I remember going to the library and going into the back corners right there and this dude was studying <laughs> It paid off, yeah. So what tools did you use to discipline yourself? <sighs> that's, that's a good question. Um, I think the, the one of the biggest things would be like just time management. You know, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I take for granted. And so, you know, having to, to try and balance, you know, enough time for studying, enough time for, you know, to try and have some sort of semblance of a life or really to, to get um, everything in, you know, in the time you you have to do it. I think that was a big thing. Um, also, trying to find an area, you know, to study in, free from distractions. Mm -hmm. you know, I, get, I get distracted easily. So, right. you know, that, that was, that was um, a big part. And then I think just further on, um, study groups. Um, that, right. that definitely helped um, as, I, as I got um, further along with um, in different classes and stuff. And then... Um, even tutors um, get a lot of help from those. Sometimes it's microbiology stuff like that. Um, 
So I think that those are some of the things that, that definitely helped. Yeah, okay. So the reason why you were in the cut is because you did you did not because what I would do what I would do is I needed to walk around. So I, I would distract them like but I would go back to my seat, right? So the way I studied was I couldn't like study for like three hours straight. That so I would sit, study for like a half hour, then walk around the library and say, Hey, hey, and I would always see David, you know, in the cut. And then I would go do my thing. So okay, that's what you did. You went off into the corners so that you wouldn't get distracted. Okay, so so you hit you hit away in the corner to to keep your focus because because outside of the corner, uh, you you had fellowship distraction. That's what we call it. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so keep yourself dist- from from distractions. Um, get into study groups, and if you need help, get tutoring. Don't be ashamed. Absolutely. Yeah, I I, I was in the when I was in calculus, I was in tutoring, math tutoring. That is, you know, that's what you have to do. Okay, so what were your challenges? What were your big challenges in school? Well, I think um. You know, college, you know, probably, probably not too much, you know. Okay. Um, really, you know, just, just studying and, you know, stuff like that. Um, med school, probably the, the biggest thing was the, the volume, you know. Mm. I, I, I think the big thing is it's not the difficulty of the work, you know. I think most of it is, you can understand it, you know. Most things are, it's not, um, you know, really complex stuff per se. It's just the amount of material that okay. you're faced with. So, you know, for instance, what we were doing the whole semester, while you're open, we're doing one or two weeks, you know. And Mercy. That, you know, and so that that was like, man, so that, that was really the biggest thing was finding ways to memorize. And, you know, the things that you did before, you know, didn't really work. So before, you know, I could, you know, cram in, you know, study, you know, a couple of days before, whenever, or for the exam and it'll be fine, but you know, with, with that volume, there's just there's no way to do that. So you have to find ways to, like I said, that's when like you know, staying in groups, you know, really budgeting your time to figure that out, and then like finding different ways to you know, remember things, different mnemonics and stuff like that. You know, some of them that still stick with you, but you know, all of those things. And now, you know, the biggest thing is just you have to know where to find the information. You don't have to keep all of it on the top of your head. You can never do that. But as long as you find where it is readily, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's Okay, so, like, medical school was, wow. I'm going to tell my students that. What, what, you're, what you're complaining about, cellular respiration, that, that I'm taking three weeks to cover. <laughs> I, I take three weeks to cover cellular respiration, David. And they freak, they're freaking out. Well, well, not, let me rephrase that. It's one week for cellular respiration, one week for photosynthesis, one week for meta- metabolism. So three weeks for the energy chapter. And they're freaking out about it. But in biochemistry, in medical school, you're doing that in a week. Yeah, like a week. Like, you know, a whole, like, like, man, you know, you, I, thought, I thought I was good. I was like, you know, I did the you know, we had anatomy there, we had the lab, you know, so I really felt like I was... Prepared. I was like, man, this is, this is, this is serious. I was like, 
Wow. So med school is all about volume. I know a lot of, you know, I, I didn't go to med school. I went to a med school. I did my PhD at Albert Einstein. And I know, I saw that, like, they would just crash after a test. And I, now I know why. Because they just put a whole bunch of stuff in their head real quick. And then, hopefully. <laughs> Okay, so the volume, that was the biggest challenge. All right, so what are your challenges now? First of all, tell us what you actually what you actually do for a living. So I'm a, I'm a pediatric pulmonologist, so work with um, kids' um, lungs, kids' lung disease. Mm -hmm. And so there's um, four of us um, here at the University of Mississippi. It's a university hospital. Okay. And so, um, you know, typically work with that. Um, Again, pediatrics because we don't like work with adults, so that was great. Um, but um, I'm also the assistant director of the Cystic Fibrosis Center. Um, we're the only Cystic Fibrosis Center in Mississippi. Okay. So we take care of all the patients, uh, most of the patients in Mississippi there. And I also have a um, sickle cell, pulmonary sickle cell clinic. Okay. Um, and so uh, I run that. And, um, those are, those are wow, David, like, first of all, how did you get, I'm assuming you got to Mississippi because you went to, did your residency in Arkansas and they're bordering states. That's what I'm assuming. But like, is that what happened? Well, you know, so after Oakwood, I went back to Jersey, you mm -hmm. know, as school residency, I stayed there. But then, you know, Oakwood gave me the good, you know, the good view of the South. And I was like, you know, yeah. I like you know, it's nice, it's warm. You know, so it's like, it's laid back. Laid back. So yeah. So I, like, I think I want to look somewhere down there. So that's when I end up in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And actually what brought me to Mississippi was when I was looking for a job out of fellowship, um, a lot of programs kind of had a defined role. So, you know, they wanted somebody who was a CM Center coordinator. At that time, I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. You okay. Know, but that's okay. <laughs> But, um, you know, they want somebody to be a program director, you know, has specific um, niches that they, want, that they want you to fill. And when I interviewed at Mississippi, um, my partner, he was the only one that was there. And he was really supportive, like, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, you know, I'll help you to get whatever bones you want off the ground. And so they really gave me a chance to kind of kind of find my passions in the world of pulmonology kind of, kind of work with them. So. Yeah, so your specialty is pulmonology, right? Because I know you got a little bit of experience in that. I guess you did your – but tell, tell us a little bit about that. What, yeah. How, what is a pediatric pulmonologist? So um, really the main things we specialize in um, – Disorder of the lungs. So okay. I see a lot of asthma patients, okay. you know, severe asthma. Um, certainly a lot of general patients, a lot of other people see asthma, but I'm um, severe asthma. Um, a lot of um, kids that need um, respiratory health, like some kids on ventilators, oh, okay. um, ventilators, kids who have traits. Um, again, some of the severe disease of the lungs, the biggest thing that we see, of course, is cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis, um, okay. The disease states we treat. Um, chronic lung disease, uh, prematurity, have a lot of babies that can follow mm -hmm. with that, a lot of babies that go home with oxygen. Um, and then again, um, I work with, um, sickle cell. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I didn't realize is that, you know, you always hear about it being important, the blood and 
pain crises and stuff like that. But I'm hippie single, so I also have a lot of um, lung problems. Okay, I'm thinking circulation issues, not lung problems. Okay. Yeah, that affects, that affects the lungs as well, damages the tissue and stuff with the lung. And so, wow. Um, yeah, because the way it has to move through there, the, the lungs lining is so thin. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I wanted to do something that obviously affects um, a lot of us. And so um, that's you know, my way. Of giving back. That's amazing. Um, what are your? Ch I'm going to ask you first what your challenges are as a physician in the pulmonology pediatrics field, yes. or a physician period. Yeah. So you know, one of the things, and one of the big challenges now is just, I guess, the, the way that medicine is going nowadays mm. when I say that you know in terms of a lot of the um managed care companies insurances stuff like that so what you see is that um you don't have as much autonomy over your decisions as you once did whereas okay. you can still make decisions but you know there's somebody who may or may not you know be a doctor you know maybe mm. a business person telling you the best way to treat you yeah yeah is where it's not necessarily you know it may be good financially but may not be best for the patients and, and that's what we're seeing a lot of for example a lot of our asthma medication that we use it's determined by you know the patient receive who receive the government assistance medicaid etc a lot of that is developed by determined by whoever has the who gives them the best contract so they have medications and then they'll say, okay, this year, these are the ones that we prefer. So these are the ones you can use. But if the patient is doing great on this, you, you tell them that, like, well, yeah. And, you know, you can still make the decision, but it makes it so difficult when you have the nurse on the phone for hours a day and the facts of everything. So you end up having to do that. Right. It may necessarily be best for the patient. So. That's one of the big things, you know, that, that we're seeing now. I mean, I don't know how that's going to change. Um, you know, another big thing is, you know, clinic modules, like stuff they never taught you about in school. You know, like how many patients need to see, you know, during the day. I guess if you're in a firefighter, it doesn't matter, you know, as much. But certainly in the university, you have for revenue value. Next. So how many patients or how many people that you see determines the building? Right. You know, stuff that you know you wouldn't actually know about, but you know, so if patients don't come, you know, that it affects your no-show rate, that affects that, and so it's a lot of things that I guess more the, the business the business side, side of medicine that you really did not think about. Exactly. Yeah. Like when you were when you when we were in, in college, we were we were learning science and then we went to medical exactly. school, we were learning medicine. Exactly. <laughs> you want to help people, you want that. Right. Yeah. Did you see yourself as like director? Like you're associate professor. You're a director of. Did you see yourself doing this? No. No. I mean, you know, I, I you know, when I finished, I really just wanted to to work. That's one is to see patients. You know. Yeah. And that's it. Um, but. Um, a lot of that, you know, kind of comes, some of it is need and some of it, you know, I feel like a lot of things you don't know until you get there. Like if you had told me 
you know, when I was in, let's, for example, when I was in fellowship, you know, I worked with some said if I go to page, I was like, yeah, they're okay. But, you know, I never saw myself, you know, doing that. And I, when I came here and started working with the director here and working with pages here, and I was like, no, oh, I don't like this. Look, I like this. Yeah, this is, this is, this is good. And, you know, you build different relationships with different people. Like it. I, I think that you are such a friendly person and such a down-to-earth type of person. I feel like maybe it just comes to you and you just took the opportunity and it worked. It worked. It worked. And I think that's that's so important um, because you can, you can be as smart as you want. You can know all the things you want. If you don't really know how to network with people, be friendly with people, and if you're not open, you know, if you're pretty, like, narrow-minded, these kind of opportunities may miss you. So the fact that, you know, I think the reason why you're doing all these things probably is just because you were open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, last question. What's uh, your favorite, the favorite part of your career? What do you like the most about being a pediatrician? Honestly, just, just working with the children. You okay. know, it's like, even if you're having a bad day and you're mad at everybody, you're like, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> you know, you come in the room and you see the kids and they're cute, they're playing. Like, you can't be mad at the kids. <laughs> right. It's, 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 it's great. Um, and, you know, the, the big thing, the other reason why I like kids is because a lot of times parents may not necessarily do things for themselves. So, you know, you know, the doctor tells you to take your meds. You may do it, you may not. But, right. You know, most parents will, are willing to do that for their children. You know, we still have some issues with that, but for the most part, parents want to be right by their children even more than they'll do, you know, for themselves. So, so you know, that's a good part. And then, like, the relationships that, you know, you build with family. I've been down here for five years. I'm in Mississippi, and, you know, I've been to graduations, I've been to face funerals, unfortunately. You know, engagements, you know, and so... You kind of build these relationships with the families. You know, you see them, you know, multiple times, maybe four times a year, and more if they're sick or and you know, have um, strong, strong bonds on the family. Wow, that's a good point, David. I really never thought about the bonds that you built. I think pediatricians, for the most part, really are the 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 most what I say the most commonly known doctors that build relationships with their patients that last long. Like I remember my pediatrician, Dr. Gosley, till, till, till this day, he would have all of our pictures. When you go into his office, you just see kids' pictures everywhere. And that's a good point. Like you build relationships with them. And I never would think that she would go to a funeral. That's a good point. I, I don't think the heart surgeon is going to the patient's funeral. You know what I'm saying? But I could see pediatricians doing that. And I definitely could see Dr. David Josie doing that. <laughs> I could definitely see you doing that. Well, sir, I thought this was an amazing interview. I'm so grateful that you took the time to spend with me um, in your makeshift office slash. This is official office right here. The official <laughs> office with the Jordans in the background. Classic Dr. David. Josie Jr. I see I've only Sharon Stone is on line. Um, I'm sure everybody else will just watch. Everybody was excited when I've said it, you know, when I put it on Facebook, I, you got the loves and the likes. This guy right here is just he's he's a personality. Um, he's always to be remembered. 
And I respect you so much, Dr. David Josie Jr. Hey, I thank you for everything that you do. So. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. All right, have a good night, David. I am the phenomenal stemist, and so is this dude right here, Dr. David Josie Jr. Um, Sharon says, happy to see you both and proud of both of us. That's what Sharon wants to tell us. Pre appreciate it, Sherwin. Thanks so much. All right, good night, everybody.